Rinkwide Vancouver. The Canucks kick off a three-game Eastern Canadian road trip with yet another victory. This one 5-2 over the Ottawa Senators. This is Rinkwide Vancouver. It's a presentation of Betway. Jeff Patterson along with Matt Sakaris. Start. Yeah, the Canucks got the start they were looking for. Middle stages, not so much. But uh, in the end, the Canucks had enough to pull away from the Senators who had played the night before in Toronto, maybe feeling a little good about themselves after the win in the Battle of Alberta. This was far from the Canucks' best effort of the season, but... Add it to the pile. It's another victory. That's five in a row. They are 8-0-1 in their last nine. And Matt, they are a 10-win hockey club 13 games into this season. Five in a row, points in nine. And the second period, Jeff, was not even low event hockey. It was no, <laughs> no event hockey. It was incredible uh, how little the Vancouver Canucks did after getting staked to that 2 nothing lead. We were tracking the shots and how few there were for the Canucks. 10 through the first 40 minutes of this hockey game. And I don't even want to say that they got up to nothing and went into a defensive shell. It just seemed like they were too sloppy to even be able to generate offensive opportunities. And yet five goals, and it's a staggering number of times. I think seventh time they've scored five goals or more. Last time I was in here with you, Jeff, they beat Nashville on a night where they weren't very great. And it was a multi-goal win. And here we are again with another multi-goal win on a night where I'm sure Rick Tockett is going to have a thing or two to say about the performance. I'm glad you brought up that Nashville game because for me, there is so many parallels. The Canucks were the second best team on the ice. There's no doubt about it. They scored five. In fact, they won five to two that night. Elias Pettersson had a hat trick Mm -hmm. and he ends up with three points. This wasn't his A game by any stretch. It wasn't the team's A game. I'm not even sure I can get to a B game for Elias Pettersson, but this is what the greats do is they find ways in moments to tilt games in their team's favor. And Elias Pettersson with two primary assists and then the dagger. I don't know if there have been faster power play goals. Maybe somewhere along the line, a guy shooting right off the draw, surprising a goaltender. But Matt, two seconds after the penalty to Jacob Chikrin, Canucks win the draw, Hughes to Pedersen into the wheelhouse, and there's that big one-timer that we've seen over the years. Pedersen up to seven goals to go along with 17 helpers, and he is back in front in the NHL scoring race with 24 points. Quinn Hughes, a quiet night for him as well, but he gets the helper on the Pedersen goal, and so he's moved past his brother Jack in the battle of the two Hugheses, and of course Jack on the shelf right now, and Quinn continuing to rack up points. But let's go back to the start because... I mean, first of all, 15 seconds in, it's the start of a road trip. You've got the good vibes. You're playing well. You're starting to get attention around the National Hockey League. And 15 seconds in off the rush, Phil DiGiuseppe, nice setup to Brock Besser. Besser pulls the trigger, although play continued on because the puck didn't find the back of the net, but it didn't have to find the back of the net at the stoppage of the review. And sure enough, the glove of Anton Forsberg is behind the goalpost and across the goal line. And so the Canucks couldn't have scripted that any better. And then to follow it up two minutes and 45 seconds later, and it's Ilya Mikheyev. Nice work by Kuzmenko to force a turnover. Pedersen finds Mikheyev in front. And uh, he was uh, dialed in on this night. Uh, there weren't a lot of Canucks that were going, but Ilya Mikheyev had a big night. We'll talk more about him as we go. But uh, just in terms of you know, taking the positive vibes out east, getting the start, taking on a team that had played the night before, that part of this hockey game, I'm sure, was the way that Rick Tockett had drawn Yeah, up. That's how review was supposed to work. Yeah. They got the call in. right. Yeah. 
I was a little concerned for a moment there that they might say, oh, we can't actually see the puck, even though it stood to reason. It's in the glove and, and clearly behind the goal line. As for Pedersen, I think I might have liked his game a little more than you tonight. Jeff, he makes a terrific steal there along the sideboards to set up the first goal from McKayev, the 2 nothing goal. Always a good idea to throw it towards traffic in front, and he does that on the second McKayev goal. And McKayev uh, with the cheeky little back heel, I believe it's called, in soccer parlance. And then, you know, what can you say about the shot? That's what the greats do in few opportunities. They're able to convert. You know, it's been a storyline with the Vancouver Canucks all year. The conversion percentage has been extraordinary with the grade A chances. Uh, the shooting percentage as a team has been quite good. And, of course, Elias Pettersson is a, a big part of that. I also liked his game tonight on the penalty kill. There was a penalty kill where he was single-handedly responsible for a couple of clears, and the Vancouver Canucks looked pretty good in that facet of the game tonight. So you're right. It certainly wasn't the loudest Elias Pettersson game. Quiet three points, if there is such a thing. I you know, continued to like the chemistry of that line and frankly continue to like Ilya Mikheyev's game here. I I thought it might take him a little bit more time to look the player we think he is coming off major surgery in an ACL. But really, I believe I was in here with you uh, on Rinkwide for his first game this season. Boy, he's just a terrific compliment, I think, to the other two guys. And it's, it's nice to sit there and watch what seems to be burgeoning chemistry, uh, even if they weren't necessarily at their best tonight. Mikheyev has kind of quietly become the louder of the two Russians uh, on that line. Andre Kuzmenko gets two assists, and again, I, I like the play. The forecheck forces the turnover on the opening or on, on Mikheyev's first goal of the night. Points are there, but they're not loud points for Kuzmenko, and he'll get his goals as the season unfolds. I'm not concerned about him, but he was sort of the new toy at this time last year, and we were all sort of finding out about him and his big personality uh, I'm sure he's enjoying winning as much as everybody else, but uh, I'm with you. I kind of had prepared to give Ilya McCabe a little bit of a grace period. I mean, that's a serious injury and surgery, and we've heard about guys taking full years and some even more than that to, to find their legs. I'm not sure that we've seen the full bursts of straight-ahead speed, but in terms of getting involved and contributing to the talking club, I mean, in some ways you can track it back to his insertion into the lineup and they really haven't looked back as a hockey club, and he's been a big part of that up to five goals now on the season, including two here tonight. And just to go back to the first period where we were talking about low shot totals, Matt, the Canucks had three shots in the first period. Three <laughs> shots total, two goals to start, and then McKayev had that clear-cut breakaway and didn't score. So Anton Forsberg made one save in the first mm-hmm. period, and yet it looked like that was going to be a big save because if the Canucks get up 3 nothing there, it's probably curtains for the right. Ottawa Senators. And the other thing, this is a goaltender who hasn't played a lot this year, looked a little nervy in the early going, felt like the Canucks sort of let him settle in at 2-2. You're sitting there going, hmm, opportunity loss here. Maybe if more shots get on net, another one beats Anton Forsberg, given how he looked early and how little he has played this year. With regards to Kuzmenko, Jeff, I do wonder if he is a victim of what we were talking about in the preseason, and that is, can Rick Tuckett hockey float some of the offensive point totals we saw from the Vancouver Canucks stars last year? Not just would his shooting percentage come down from the extraordinary rate it was in his first NHL campaign, but would more attention to detail, would being on the right side of the puck, would those sorts of things, a slower-paced, more dump-and-chase game, 
would those things affect Andre Kuzmenko offensively? Well, he's up to nine assists on the season after tonight. I mean, he's darn near a point-per-game player. And yet I think you can also argue that Kuzmenko, while not perfect, has made a decent transition to Rick Tockett hockey. And if he is on the right side of the puck and they're not surrendering goals with that line on the ice, although they did tonight, frankly, I think they may take a little bit of a trade-off in decreased production, but of course... We're not at decreased production. Right. Thus, thus is the story for the Vancouver Canucks this year. Even the areas of the game that you look at and go, oh, they're not particularly great there. And, you know, this could use some work. And yet the results are there. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Let, let's get right to the turning point of this hockey game. Without a doubt, it's a sequence in the late stages of the second period. Again, the Canucks have let a 2 nothing lead get away. They've invited the Senators back into the hockey game. Batherson... Steals the puck off Ian Cole late in the first, and they get on the board. A little bit of life there, and then midway through the second, Artem Zub, after a good forechecking shift by the Senators' fourth line, Zub with the shot, it hits Pedersen, and that goal comes against the Pedersen line with Quinn Hughes and Philip Hronick on the ice. And so, you know, it's the Senators' fourth line. That's a little gravy for them to be able to score in that situation, but they tie the game, and then Brady Kachuk on the doorstep. Man, he looked like me at Northland's golf course with a like a two-foot mm. putt. And you've seen me miss a few of those mm. over the years. Through the crease, out the other side with the entire net. We've all seen it so many times in sports. That opportunity at one end, and it leads to something at the other. And we mentioned Ian Cole with the giveaway in the first period. Ian Cole steps up in the neutral zone, turns the puck back the right way, and Phil DiGiuseppe gets it to JT Miller, who absolutely wires it for his First five-on-five goal of the season, 13 games in, but that was a big one, and to me, that was the hockey game. Instead of the Sens taking their first lead of the night, the Canucks back in front in a lead that they didn't relinquish. First of all, Brady Kachuk and Jeff at Northlands, you can't desell. You've got to go through <laughs> the object. And yes, I know. Kind trying to guide that puck into the net, I think, cost Brady Kachuk. What a hell of a shot from JT oh. Miller. And you got to, like... Both the pass from Phil DiGiuseppe, the little drop pass right in the sweet spot there as Miller is coming in with some pace and is able to unleash that from just under the top of the circles. But a terrific pass from Ian Cole as well to set up that rush. And, you know, there have been some things about Ian Cole's game, and including tonight where he takes the penalty, bad turnover, leaves to a, a senator's goal where you, you've kind of wondered about him, and then he goes at it, he makes a play like that to make amends for the earlier mistake. DiGiuseppe with two assists tonight, Miller with a two-point <laughs> night, Besser scores again, and he's now up to 11 goals. So that JT Miller line continues to be terrific, and DiGiuseppe had gone a little quieter yep. there for a little bit, and so the pickup of points and tonight I'm sure does him well, and continues to be a Vancouver Canucks team that, heck, even when their top six isn't at its best, is still making quite an impact on hockey games. Canucks win it by a score of 5-2. to two. I mean, it sounds like a laugher, and obviously it wasn't. It was a 3-2 hockey game to the middle stages of the third period, and then the Canucks pull away. So three unanswered goals for the Canucks. They win it 5-2. to two. They're 10-2-1 and one on the season now. And they get outshot 30-16, to 16, so almost a 2-1 to one margin, and yet you look under the hood, and the underlying numbers show that 
the high danger scoring chances in this game were 9-3 in favor of the Vancouver Canucks at even strength. And in the third period, they were three zip. So you take the shot clock over here, but you get the underlying numbers and you put them all together. Uh, again, I'm not sure that the Canucks themselves would tell you they were the better team on this night, but as we've seen throughout this season, they've just been so opportunistic. They capitalize when the chances are there. And when you've got top-end talent that gets those chances, that's sort of been the difference maker for this hockey club that's rattled off five straight victories now. And Casey DeSmith gets another win, Matt. Casey DeSmith is 3-0 now, Jeff. You know, this one I think you have to look at and say... I think two things drove the Casey DeSmith decision tonight. Number one, he had not played until a week ago Saturday against the Rangers. You and I were in for rink wide on that one. So I do think you were risking him being on the shelf a little too long and getting rusty. And quite frankly, his play has earned, has merited more starts. Second, I think it's probably because this is not a very great opponent on the second of back-to-backs and they don't have a ton of defensive structure. Now, I, I think if you had told Rick Tocchet and Ian Clark before the game, you're going to get outshot 30 to 16 in this hockey game. That might have given them pause with regards to the DeSmith decision. And, you know, as for the great A's, you were tracking it a little closer than I was. Boy, a little question or two on the on the counting of those. You and I both looked at some of the uh, high danger scoring chances and the way they were tabulated tonight with a furrowed brow because it did not seem but I like it was 9-3 Vancouver. But I've got no Senators' chances in my notes in the third period. I that is fair. That six, is fair. Six periods of hockey mm-hmm. with a little travel back from Toronto. If that was going to catch up to them, it probably was going to happen in the late stages. And I do think for as much as it was a struggle for the Canucks to truly find their footing in this hockey game, I do think the third period was their best period, even though they got outshot 12 to 6 there. I thought, for the most part, kept the Sands to the outside, to the perimeter, allowed DeSmith to see the ones that he's supposed to. And you know me, I've got this sort of backup goaltender calculator. I want to see 10 to 12 wins from the backup. And Thatcher Demko is certainly giving every indication that he is on pace to deliver the 30 to 35 wins that you need from your starter if you're going to be a playoff team. Well, Casey DeSmith now 3-0-1, the only knock that uh, overtime loss to the Rangers when they scored three power play goals and then the goal on three-on-three overtime and not a lot that uh, Casey DeSmith could do that night. So, you know, they got outshot badly in Edmonton in his Canucks debut. He held down the fort, delivered a victory there, and here tonight outshot. But uh, Casey DeSmith comes through with another victory. And outshot 12-6 in the third period. Ottawa had the first few shots, but I'm sitting here looking at my notes. Uh, Shorty remarked on the TV side of things and... By the way, nice debut, Ray Ferraro. It's great to hear Ray yeah. calling a regional Vancouver Canucks game. Uh, there was an early shot from Jacob Chikrin that goes off the mask of Casey DeSmith. Tyler Clevin with a tricky shot to handle, and then Batherson with another shot up high, and that's what had Shorty remarking. It seemed like Casey DeSmith got fooled or wasn't seeing the puck off the stick all that much in the third period. Nevertheless, he makes every save that has asked of him of those 12 Senator shots in the third. And uh, the Vancouver Canucks do their part with several goals in the third to really wind up uh, an easy winner tonight. Yeah. And as we do every night out after Canuck broadcast here on rink wide, we'll have our rink wide Vancouver three star selection a little later on. We'll get to uh, our stat that stands out from this hockey game. And there were a few numbers. Uh, we've kicked a few around already, but uh, have a few others up our sleeves and, and just back to Ray. And it was terrific to hear Ray and, Shorty settling in 
Ray's going to work the game in Montreal on Sunday as well. So two of the three games on this trip. And as uh, Shorty dropped, little nugget there in the third period, a Shorty and Cheech reunion mm. coming up on Saturday night in Montreal, calling the Habs and Bruins. And Dan Murphy's going to be along for that one. So it's yeah. a full reunion of the Canucks broadcast crew from the last 15 years, but they won't be calling the Canucks game. That'll be the lead crew for Hockey Night in Canada. So uh, Shorty and Cheech, I'll have to flip over the dial if you want a little flashback and a walk down memory lane, but it'll be fun to hear those guys all working together on Saturday night. But Ray will be back with Shorty for the game in Montreal on Sunday. I hope the Bruins wear the black sweaters, the all blacks that they wore tonight, Jeff, because a smashing look there from Boston in a 5-2 win over the Islanders. But Horvat and the Islanders, who returned tonight, we were wondering a little bit That's when he right. missed the game earlier this week. Uh-oh, there's to something to miss with Bo a week from... Oh, six days now, yeah. uh, next Wednesday. Bo Horvat in his return to Rogers Arena. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned seeing a backup in Anton Forsberg, and I think that this is going to be a theme on, this is a really unique road trip. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a piece at Canucks Army about this that I, I can't ever recall the Canucks going back east, particularly back to eastern Canada, and having all three of the opponents play the night before. Like, yeah. that is a... That's a fortunate stroke for the Vancouver Canucks. Ottawa had been in Toronto. They play at home to the Canucks. You're right. The, the Leafs are home to Calgary on Friday and then Saturday night. What a weekend for the Montreal Canadiens. They host the Boston Bruins and the Vancouver Canucks back-to-back. Mm. -back. Matt, those are the second and third place teams in the overall standings. Oh, by the way, with Vegas Idol and the Canucks winning in Ottawa, the Canucks are now two points back of the Golden Knights with a game in hand. Yeah, it's an interesting road trip, but it's off to a good start for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, not quite at the level of the last road game they played, the one down in San Jose, but uh, I don't think many will be as this season unfolds. But uh, the Canucks find a way to grind it out uh, with their backup in net. And that's part of this, too, is uh, with these teams all playing back-to-back, -back, like the Toronto Maple Leafs already said, they're going with Joseph Wall on Friday, and Ilya Samsonov, who hasn't stopped a puck all season, is getting the Saturday night assignment. So the Canucks are going to see another backup goaltender. At least it kind of looks like that's the Leafs depth chart. And then Montreal, you know, we'll see what they do. But the, the Bruins are their bigger rival and conference game and all those types of things. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Allen gets the start on Saturday and then the Canucks see Sam Montembeau in the game on Sunday. Well, and that's a gift on Saturday night, the way that Samsonov has been playing of late. Uh, clearly the number two goaltender right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But no, you're quite right, Jeff. I mean, uh, first of all, rare is the road trip where you just do the three Canadian teams. True. There's That's usually a something yep. tacked on there, whether it's one of the teams in the Northeast or someone on the way back home. Also, uh, going to be pretty interesting at the Leafs barn on Friday. You're going to have Toronto and Calgary playing. I suspect you'll have some Vancouver Canucks watching in. Oh, for sure. That game, three Canadian teams in the same building on the same night. So that's a little bit odd as well. And he was on Hockey Night last Saturday. Elliot Friedman was stumping for the Canucks as the best team in Canada. And a lot of, oh, that's too early talk. Well, every game that goes by, the Vancouver Canucks look more and more like the best team in Canada. And who would have thought that at the outset of this season? Yeah, they are. 10 wins from 13 outings uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. It is remarkable stuff, but uh, we've sat there, we've watched it all, we've broken it down each and every night that they have played, and we'll do it again on Saturday after that game at Scotiabank Arena between the Canucks and the Leafs. It's rink-wide Vancouver. Matt, uh, let's get to our Betway bet of the night. 
Well, I'm looking at the NHL card tomorrow, Jeff, and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, of course, really troubling news this week that Freddie Anderson is dealing with a blood clotting matter. Mm-hmm. They thought it was an injury. Now it's also a blood clotting matter. They're in Florida on Friday. Panthers coming off a win, and there's some value here at 2-1 to one on the home team on your Betway bet of the day. Please play responsibly. Must be 19-plus to play. Ilya Mikheyev with a pair. Brock Besser opened the scoring. JT Miller and Elias Pettersson. So the Stars did find their way out of the score sheet for the Vancouver Canucks as they have pretty much every night this season, save for the 2-0 shutout loss in Philadelphia that feels like a lifetime ago. This one it was a 5-2 victory over the Ottawa Senators. You're listening to Rinkwide Vancouver. to the Canucks over the Ottawa Senators. Matt, let's get into the locker room and hear from the head coach. We've given our thoughts on the way this game unfolded at the Canadian Tire Center there in the nation's capital. Rick talking after the game, taking the victory, obviously, but knows that this was nowhere close to the Vancouver Canucks' best game. Well, we're resilient, but it wasn't our A game. Obviously, uh, you know, give Ottawa a lot of credit. They're a fast team. They rimmed a lot of pucks, and we had a tough time on the rims. Um, but like I said, you know, it, obviously Mills's goal was big. Because they were they were coming. Uh, we had some good parts of our game at near the last second half, but you know, winning some games, not having our A game. Uh, I'm going to take the positive on that right now. Yeah, he's going to look at that as a positive. I can't blame him. Line up and do it again on Saturday, and hope that uh, you play a little bit more of a complete game. But you take the victories, and we've said it a few times already on Rinkwide throughout the early part of the season. The two points now they look every bit as good as two points in December or February or April. In fact. Better. Mm-hmm. You get in front. You get out in front of the curve, and that's where the Vancouver Canucks are with a record of 10-2-1. And one. And uh, Talkett noted the speed on the other side. That is absolutely something to watch going forward. As we know, the Vancouver Canucks not the fleetest team, although more speed this year than previous years. Uh, secondly, the resilience, and you know, say no more about that. We've covered that. Winning minus the A game, Jeff. Mm-hmm. We just went through the schedule and went, okay. How many times can you say they have won without their A game? I think tonight was clearly one. Yep. The first Saturday in Edmonton where they pull Ooh. out a 4-3 victory yeah. somehow, some way, and Casey DeSmith in net for that one as well. The 5-2 victory at home against Nashville where they're clearly the second best team. So that's three, and, yeah. And then you might even argue the 6-2 win against Edmonton earlier in the week just because they were so bombarded early in that hockey game. So... It's three at least, yeah. four if you're being generous here, where the Canucks have been able to get two points minus their A game. That's pretty good at this stage of the season, 13 games in. Talkie was asked after this one if he had to crack the whip after either of the first two periods. For me, it's a little bit easier because when I go in between periods, my temperament, I know those guys know that we didn't play. I don't have to get mad like they know. You know, I did a couple. Of, I said a couple of technical things, but I don't really have to. Maybe in the past, I would have been a little bit more heated, but um, I, I'm comfortable with the leadership group and the, the, they're handling the resilience, which is a good thing. But you know, we got to be careful. Um, you know, we got to make sure we play a 60-minute game because, you know, you know, where whatever where our record is, teams are. You know, they want to beat us now. It's, it's you know, it, it's a different 
it's a different standard a little bit, right? now. It's, it's only, what, 13, 14 games in, but teams are going to be ready for us, and we got to make sure we match that desperation. Ottawa's desperate tonight, and they played a desperate game. I like that. He says he doesn't have to get mad that uh, there were a few technical things in there, but, boy, has he praised this leadership group, really, since it was established that Hughes and Pedersen and Miller were the three guys, Thatcher Demko, when he's playing. I mean, he's around the team. Obviously, he's the backup, but... He sort of has a leadership stake as well. But among the skaters and the guys that wear the letters, uh, more high praise. And I thought interesting, too, like 13 games in the season and talk is talking about already. They're the hunted now. I have a lot of thoughts on this comment. He doesn't have to get mad. He acknowledges in the past he would be more heated. We all remember hearing that story about the loss to Seattle last year and how he's on the street corner muttering to himself at two in the morning and the assistant coaches have to calm him down. We saw far more emotion and far more criticism of the Canucks last year under Talkin. Now it stands to reason they lost more games than what they're doing now. But I do think, and we talked about this after the Philadelphia loss, where he blistered them, that wasn't a card that Rick Talkett was going to play as often this year. That part and parcel of what Talkett is trying to do. And I heard him once again on the pregame today, earlier in Ottawa, talk about how he wants them to be even keeled. And I think he's putting his best foot forward in terms of projecting that even keel. This is an emotional guy. It's a fire and brimstone sort of coach and player and all of those things. And yet I think he is very consciously trying to stay as even keeled before the cameras and microphones in terms of messaging to his hockey club. And I'll go a step further, Jeff. I think, frankly, he may well be doing it so that JT Miller doesn't pick up on his cues, that JT Miller doesn't get too high or too low emotionally. We know that he has fought those things in the past. In fact, that was one of the big talking points of the Vancouver Canucks at this stage last year. And when Rick Tockett took over was that, you know, Miller can get just so down on himself and so down on others and so fiery and so emotional and take bad penalties as we saw a few games ago when he got benched. So I think the coach is trying to practice what he preaches. And I think the coach has also recognized that if he's even keeled, the team is going to pick up on his cues and play a little bit more even keeled. And that's something else that we haven't seen a lot of from the Vancouver Canucks. How many times were you in a dressing room with just a forlorn Mm. Bo Horvat trying to put his best spin on yet another loss, Jeff. And of course, the other thing we heard is, you know, the Canucks were a young and immature team. They would start to believe their press clippings. He win two, three in a row. Like they started feeling pretty good about themselves. We got a town that's hockey crazy. They go out anywhere on a three, four game winning streak, something like that. You got everybody patting you on the back. So I'll say it again, Jeff, because uh, the last time I did rank wide, we were asking, has Rick Tockett put a wrong foot forward this year? I'm not sure he has. It's been just about a perfect coaching job from Tockett and his staff, and that includes how he messages postgame. Yeah, and you talked a lot about JT Miller there. Miller, with what turned out to be the game-winning goal, he's up to eight on the season. They're all chasing Brock Basser, who added to his total. He's up to 11, and Elias Pettersson put the hammer down with the one-timer, his seventh. So you've got your top three goal scorers all doing their thing, and Ilya Mikheyev has now joined Quinn Hughes at five. So in essence, all of the offense tonight coming from your top goal scorers. When that happens, when you spread the offense around like that, 
uh, you stand a pretty good chance of getting a result, and the Canucks did with a 5-2 win. Let's hear from JT Miller, who talked about finding different ways to win hockey games these days. We're just finding a way to win right now. I, you know, I think we all could agree that wasn't our best tonight. Um, came out with a pretty decent start, and then kind of didn't like the way we're going into the second, and then... Uh, I don't know, just kind of sloppy all over the place. They, they were, they're a desperate team, but they played pretty well tonight. Uh, you know, honestly, we just found a way to capitalize on some of our opportunities, and power play came up with a big one to kind of seal it. But, uh, you know, Case played great, gave us a chance to win, and we know we need to be a heck of a lot better against Toronto. Yeah, they'll probably have to be better in Toronto, but we mentioned earlier that the, you know, back-to-back for the Leafs, so we'll see what challenges that presents. Sloppy at times, yeah, I would agree with JT on that front, and he credited the Ottawa Senators, who... There was a long stretch there. Really, after the 2-0 lead, the sort of final 15 minutes of the first period, the Sens were buzzing. They had power play opportunities. Uh, Drake Batherson, I think, was their best player on the night. Hit uh, the crossbar on the backhand. They did make it a 2-1 game when Batherson scored, but earlier in the hockey game. So uh, Canucks dodged that bullet early on. But as we said, and we've laid it out here, the Sens tied it at two, but then the Canucks were able to, to make the most of their opportunities and really the game turned in the late stages of that second period. So on to Toronto mm-hmm. now for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, points in nine straight, and we'll see if they can push that to double digits on Saturday. And night. we mentioned the shots 30 to 16, but I think we should mark this because, you know, I said I didn't think they sat on a 2 nothing lead. I just didn't think they could get a whole lot going. And when they did get things going, and there were a, a couple of occasions that that stood out. Mark Friedman, you know, with a point shot and it misses the net. Seven misses tonight, missed attempts. Senators blocked 20 shots here. So yeah. when the Canucks were able to sustain something, they either missed the net or an Ottawa Senator got between them and the puck and was able to block it before it got to the goaltender. So, you know, five goals on 16 shots, Jeff. That's just, I mean, the team shooting percentage and everyone was talking PDO this week, you're right. Now, uh, What's your save percentage and, and what's your uh, team shooting percentage? The team shooting percentage continues to be extremely high and probably not sustainable, much like the amount of saves they're getting versus grade A chances from Thatcher Demko principally, but also Casey DeSmith also likely to regress more around league average. But right here, right now, and you say two points the same in this month as it is at the end of the season, you're absolutely right after 82, but of course, we have seen the inverse many a year here where they tally points late in the season after the playoffs are lost. So two points right now, very, very important because we're defining a new hockey club here, Jeff, right before our eyes. And just before we go any further, let me crack myself. I said Casey DeSmith undefeated in regulation yes. as a Canucks goaltender. He does have the overtime loss against the Rangers. Yeah, 3-0-1 on the season. We'll get to the rink-wide Vancouver three stars in a moment. We'll check in on the stars as they were selected in the building there in Ottawa. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about the stars at the Applewood Auto Group. And Applewood, right now, Applewood, Nissan, Surrey, the Leaf. There's a huge stock of EVs right now. Rates from 5.99%. And the Rogue, you can finance from 3.99% because it's all good at Applewood. And it was good again for the Vancouver Canucks as we dip into the three stars uh, in the building. Ilya Mikheyev, Elias Pettersson, JT Miller. So a clean sweep for the road team. Don't often see that in today's National Hockey League. You're doing a little home cooking. They try to find somebody that uh, can come out and salute the stars. We should mention as well, 
I don't think the Sens got booed off the ice the way they did against Tampa on the weekend, but this is five straight home losses for this Ottawa Hockey Club. Big win in Toronto, but one step forward, one step back. So five straight losses after they opened the season with three wins on home ice, and things looked good then, but they've hit a rough patch in terms of life. Uh, in front of the home crowd there, uh, the announced attendance, 16,653 at Canadian Tire Centre. The rink-wide Vancouver, three stars. I'll go with Ilya McCabe as well, two goals. And uh, again, I just think uh, he's been such a big addition to this hockey club and, and looking like midseason form for a guy that missed nine months uh, coming off that knee surgery. I'm going to go with Phil DiGiuseppe. He had two assists, and they were both primary assists, and I love the play that he made to Besser to open the scoring. Off the rush, 15 seconds into the hockey game, I know he's not uh, getting the gravy of the goals here, but that was a good night for Phil DiGiuseppe, and you said as well, putting the puck in the wheelhouse of JT Miller uh, for what turned out to be the game winner, so a couple of points for PDG, and I've got him as sort of a low-key second star, and then you can't avoid and ignore Elias Pettersson with a three-point night. <laughs> I was going to ask, no. are you going to leave him completely oh, off? We'll get there, but it feels like every <laughs> night it's just a question of where you're slotting Elias Pettersson. And again, I just didn't think this was his best effort, and yet he still uh, leads the Canucks with the goal and two assists. And I will say honorable mention for Drake Batherson, a goal and seven shots on goal, looked dangerous, had the puck an awful lot, left the game briefly in the second period. I think there's a little bit of a scare there for the Sens. Uh, they can't afford to lose many more. They're already without Thomas Shabbat and some others. And Batherson returned to this hockey game. But uh, he was good, so I'll give him honorable mention. But uh, I'll go with three Canucks as the rink-wide Vancouver. Three stars of this hockey game. JT Miller feels left out, Jeff. That's all right. He'll have his nights. He's already had a bunch. <laughs> and uh, something tells me the way he's going won't be long before he's included in the three stars as well. We'll get to the stat that stands out. We'll get to some listener feedback as well from the rink-wide Vancouver feedback channels and our social channels as well. Uh, on a night, the Canucks defeat the Ottawa Senators 5-2 to start this three-game road trip out east. This is Rinkwide Vancouver. Breaking down a 5-2 Canuck victory over the Ottawa Senators. It's Rinkwide Vancouver. You know, Matt, one of the things that we just haven't seen the Canucks sort of shoot themselves in the foot often, but we talked a little earlier about the Ian Cole mistake. The second Ottawa goal goes in off Elias Pettersson. So a couple of bounces that didn't go their way, but good teams do find ways to overcome those types of things. And so, again, I think uh, with every game out here, there's more and more sort of evidence that this just might be a good team. There's a long runway yeah. ahead. I get that. But uh, that was one of the things that I liked that I think in years gone by, either one of those kind of breakdown goals might have dragged the team down with them. And the Canucks were like, nope, not tonight. Uh, lots of time left in this hockey game. And they end up running away from the Senators, even if uh, it wasn't a game in which they skated circles around the Ottawa Senators, but they didn't let bad breaks. And there haven't been many. Like, this team's had a lot of fortunate breaks. A lot of things have gone their way. We talked about the schedule on this trip, but they didn't let either one of those Senators' goals uh, seem to get to them tonight. And the 2-2 goal from Zoo may well have been, as you say, something that in previous years... A turning point. First of all, Anton Zub is a defensive defenseman. He is not going <laughs> to score very often. Secondly, it was one hell of a deflection off Petey. Yeah. You couldn't make that one again if you tried. That was also the goal that happened not only with the Pedersen line on the ice, but with the Hironic Hughes line on the ice. So, you know, typically when your best players are getting scored on and you're not able to say we played them level or outscore those, those issues, those are recipes 
for defeat. The other thing I'll note about that goal is our old friend Matthew Highmore. Mm, yes. Draws a secondary assist. Matthew Highmore also had a glorious chance oh. that he fanned on. And of course, how many times did we see that with Matthew Highmore? Because the guy can skate at the NHL level. In fact, was communicating with uh, some friends back at the TSN station in Ottawa who told me, uh, ex-Canuck out, Zach McEwen, ex-Canuck in, Matthew Highmore. The theory there was they wanted some fresher legs in the second of a back-to-back to to help Tim Stutzla's penalty-killing responsibilities that he wasn't going to play as much shorthanded tonight. The other thing I'll note, there was a play in the first period, Jeff, and forgive me, I didn't catch which defenseman had pinched, but Phil Giuseppe dropped back, and it struck me, how many times we have seen Vancouver Canucks forwards make the appropriate read when one of their defensemen jumps into the rush or jumps into the offensive zone as a pinch and get back and make sure that the Canucks have a couple of guys at the blue line ready to defend if it comes at them the other way. You know in previous years that's an odd man rush against the Vancouver Canucks. They just did not have the discipline and weren't playing on the right side of the puck as often as they should. They wanted, in some regard, to play that that end-to-end hockey. So, you know, it was a small little detail, and gosh, Phil DiGiuseppe is the small little details, mm-hmm. guys, although, as we mentioned, a louder game tonight with two assists, but doing the spade work on the offensive end as a retrieval guy for his more talented teammates in Miller and Besser, And there's another little example of team buy-in, supporting each other, and understanding that you can't just be out there looking for your own points. It's got to be more of a collective. It's got to be more of a team effort. And that includes attention to detail and attention to duty when one of your defensemen gets deeper in the offensive zone. Say it with me, Matt. Structure. Structure. It is the word for the Vancouver Canucks, but you're right. They weren't a team that played for each other for much of last season, really the last couple of years. And so I do think those are those types of things and the details and the habits and the core parts of Rick Tockett's philosophy that, uh, well, staples, that's another one that he always uses. This is all part of what he's drilling down wow. with this group. We're going to go staples. We might as well get them all in there. Uh, Jeff, system, accountability, yep. wall work, board battles, eat a puck. All those things happening for the Canucks. I wanted to bring this to the table, and I stand to be corrected on this, but a couple days in a row now that I've gone through these Vancouver Canucks seasons looking for point streaks. That's points in nine games because, of course, it was a overtime loss to the New York Rangers a week ago Saturday, so they picked something up in that game. Uh, Points in eight consecutive games. I had to go back to 2011-2012 to find a Canuck team that had done that. Jeff, points in nine straight games? I'm going back to 04, 05, although with a caveat, won their final six games in 04. Oh, the old carryover. And got a win, a shootout loss, and a win in the first three games of 05. Again, I stand to be correct on that. All right. But 18 years since wow. they have had points in nine consecutive hockey games. That is a stat that stands out it to sure me. Is. So let's use that uh, for the stat that stands out on this night. I want to hear what the people say. We always ask for feedback to the at Rinkwide Van Twitter or X account. But before we do that, speaking of standing out, let's talk about our mortgage partner in Jason Hominick. And Jason Hominick, if you have a great rate on your mortgage, it 
Jason.Mortgage. If you have a great rate on your mortgage, still need equity out of your house, Jason has a solution. You keep your great rate. You access that equity without touching your existing mortgage. If your mortgage is up in the next six months, now is the time to reach out. Find him at Jason.Mortgage. All right, let's uh, get to the inbox then. Uh, are people buying what the Canucks were selling in this hockey game tonight? Well, really, a lot of the commentary I've seen on the rink-wide post is echoing what we have already said about this game. And many will say, hey, you get a win, you've played well. <laughs> the comments were almost, I feel like I'm in a time warp here, Jeff. We're almost back to 2010, 2011, 2012, where we had to nitpick right. victories. I see picking of nits in the comments on the rink-wide post. Here's Ken, who says if the Canucks offensive game could be translated into an energy resource, climate change wouldn't be a thing. Just so efficient, it's ridiculous. Andrew says, looked like the first game of the Eastern trip again, same as the Philly game. Expect skating and execution better on Saturday. Not sure Tockett's going to practice tomorrow in advance of a couple of games on the weekend, so not sure he's going to put anybody through paces. Tomorrow, different Ken, and, and we've got a couple of comments on this player. Ken says, Hogs defined himself as a premium bottom six forward. Robbie says, Hoaglander was the best player on the Canucks and didn't get a point. I'm not sure I'd argue he's the best player on the Canucks, but I thought Nils Hoaglander had a pretty good game here tonight, Jeff, and frankly, that's been a couple in a row here. He went a few without a point there, picked up the goal the other night. Again, doesn't get on the score sheet, but again, doing some things that I'm sure will endure him to Rick Talkett and the coaching staff. And one of the questions we had on Sakarison Price this week, and you know, you tell me, is Nils Hoaglander done being a healthy scratch? Yeah. For the I mean, I, Bluger's coming back, so this is a difficult decision that's going to be forced on them as soon as Saturday in Toronto. But I do wonder whether we're now looking at NHL regular Nils Hoaglander. Kind of feel like Anthony Beauvillier, even though he had a couple of nights there where it felt like he had raised his game, uh, has slipped back a touch. And for a guy that's supposed to be generating offense and and you know doesn't play special teams, at least doesn't penalty kill, I think he might be the guy. We've seen Dakota Joshua be a healthy scratch, but I think Joshua has responded to that and he's been better and he had points in the last couple of games and was physical at times in this hockey game. My sense now, Teddy Bluger had a practice with them. I don't know that they're going to practice before these games on the weekend, but you know, you talk about inserting some fresh legs on the Ottawa side. I wonder if he gets the call on Mon on Sunday in Montreal to make his season debut tail end of the road trip. And maybe that's where uh, they insert him into the lineup. We appreciate all of the feedback. Uh, we'll do our best to incorporate it into each and every episode of Rinkwide Vancouver. Uh, a few final things as we tidy up here and make our way on out and get ready to do it again on Saturday after that Leafs game. We talked earlier about the decision to go with Casey DeSmith, and I had no issues with that. Uh, it probably was time. I still think you easily could have gone with him in San Jose last week, got him his start there, and then allowed Demko to play each of the first two games of this road trip and have DeSmith there ready for Sunday in the back-to-backs. But it's a moot point because they got the win, and Casey DeSmith, again, continues to deliver for the Vancouver Canucks. It is funny, though, that we're at a point in time already where, you know, four games now feels like a run for Demko and they want to sit him down. That's all he had played. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they haven't had many back-to-backs here, and the, the one back-to-back -back they had was on home ice, and they split those two. So Demko played four, was lights-out good, 
should get some rest and a chance to work with Ian Clark. And so I would imagine that uh, he'll be fresh and ready to go on Saturday. And I think now you will see DeSmith get two of the three starts on this road trip, but they've got confidence in him. He seems to have confidence in making the stops that he's supposed to. And bottom line, it is a bottom line business. Uh, he's 3-0-1 on the season. So. One of the things that I wonder about um, further to this goaltending decision beyond what we had talked about in terms of not letting DeSmith get rusty uh, with a layoff, Jeff, he's traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Montreal Canadiens, who almost instantly are telling the people who cover that team they are looking to trade him. You do wonder whether Tockett and Clark went, okay, I think you're going to get a very motivated Casey DeSmith at the Bell Center Sunday in Montreal. Perhaps, although I always counter the idea of a motivated goaltender. Like, I'm not sure how much more he can want to stop pucks than he already does. I mean, that is his primary job. So I just think that he's settled in. He's probably getting more opportunities than he thought he would early on when he looked at the schedule and knowing what the start meant to the Vancouver Canucks and how good Thatcher Demko can be when he's on, and he is. So uh, it's always fun when Demko's between the pipes and uh, look forward to seeing him do his thing on the big stage in Toronto on Saturday. The Canucks defeat the Ottawa Senators by a score of 5-2. to two. They improved to 10-2-1 on the season. Everything coming up roses for the Vancouver Canucks these days. That's going to do it for this edition of Rinkwide Vancouver, brought to you by Betway for Matt Sikaris. This is Jeff Patterson. Thanks so much for listening. We'll do it again on Saturday. That's our next episode of Rinkwide Vancouver.